Today we're going to continue walking through the book of Acts and we're going to come to Acts chapter number 24. Truly an amazing portion of scripture. I'm going to read a, a lengthy portion of you today and I'm going to comment at the end. Remember that Paul is now in prison in Caesarea where he's going to be kept for some time. Now at the time frame that we have today, he's actually only been there for just a few days. Uh, he even mentions 12 days in the text. Now he's going to end up being there for over two years. But at the time, only 12 days have passed from the original accusation in Jerusalem to this day. And what we see here is the Bible says, um, after five days, Ananias, the high priest, who had been in Caesarea five days, 12 days since the accusations in Jerusalem, uh, Ananias, the high priest, came down with some elders and a lawyer named Tertullius. And these men presented their case against Paul to the governor. And when he was called in, Tertullius began to accuse him and said, Since we enjoy great peace because of you, and reforms are taking place for the benefit of this nation by your foresight, we acknowledge this in every way, in every way, in everywhere, most excellent Felix, with most gratitude. However, so that I will not burden you any further, I beg you in your graciousness to give us a brief hearing. For we have found this man to be a plague an agitator among all the Jews throughout the Roman world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Isn't that uh, an accusation to throw against a man? He is a plague. He's an agitator throughout the entire Roman world among the Jews, and he's a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Wow, what an accusation the enemy throws against Paul there. And you know, maybe one day you would have the honor of being called a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. That somebody, the enemy might come against you with such fierce words. And the Bible says he even tried to desecrate the temple. So we apprehended him and wanted to judge him according to our law. Remember what they were accusing him of. They were accusing him of bringing a Gentile into the temple courts, which there's no evidence of. And the Bible says, but Lysias, the commander, came and took him from our hands with great force, commanding his accusers to come to you. By examining him yourself, you will be able to discern all these things we're accusing him of. The Jews also joined in the attack, alleging that these things were so. So we see that the Jews have now chased him all the way down to Caesarea, uh, still adamant to, to kill Paul, still adamant to stifle the ministry, still adamant to shut down the gospel of Jesus, which should not surprise us. You can go all the way back into the life of Christ and remember how it was just a constant attack against Christ. And even after his resurrection, uh, they paid off the guards to, to stop the spread of, uh, of the message of the resurrection. Paul himself, even at one time, stood adamantly opposed to it. Now he's defending the gospel, but they're trying to kill him. So they're trying to do anything they can to squash and stamp out the message of the cross. And the message of the resurrection. And the Bible says, when the governor motioned to him to speak, Paul replies. So now Paul's going to give a defense. He says, because I know you have been a judge of this nation for many years. I'm going to offer my defense in what concerns me. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago about apologia, apologetics, a defense, a reasoned defense of the gospel. And so here Paul is going to give his defense. He says, 
You were able to determine that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem. They did not find me disputing with anyone or causing any disturbance among the crowd. So Paul is refuting the accusations that are against him. He says, they didn't find me doing these things either in the temple complex or in the synagogues or anywhere in the city. Neither can they provide evidence to you of what they now bring against me. Okay, so he says, these things are saying about me that, I, that I'm an agitator, that I'm a plague, that I'm, that I'm causing all this disruption and, and all, this, uh, all this dissidence, all this stuff. He says, it's just not true. However, to the accusation that I'm the, a sect, a ring leader of the sect of the Nazarenes, Verse 14, but I do confess this to you. I worship my father's God according to the way. The way being the message of Jesus Christ, which they call a sect, believing all the things that are written in the law and the prophets. And I have a hope in God, which these men themselves also accept that there is going to be a resurrection, both of the righteous and the unrighteous, and I always do my best to have a clear conscience between God and men. So you, you notice the genius of, of Paul here. Paul is, is able to, to actually take the beliefs of those that are accusing him. And Paul's actually able to say, you know, what I believe is not far off of what they believe. And I love the boldness of Paul here in that he says, you know, uh, these things that they're accusing me of, none of it's true. However, there is one thing that I'm accused of that is true. I, I, I do adhere to the way. I do adhere to the message of Jesus. I do adhere to the resurrection, but that's not far off from what they believe. They also believe in a resurrection. They also believe that at the end, the righteous and the unrighteous will be raised from the dead. Okay, he says, after many years, I came to bring charitable gifts and offerings to my nation. And while I was doing this, some Jews from Asia found me ritually purified in the temple without a crowd and without any uproar. It is they who ought to be here before you to bring charges. So Paul just very naturally says, look, let my accusers speak. Let them come and, and argue their case. They're not here. They've sent Ananias and Tertullius down here to speak and to and to, to throw these accusations. But let the true witnesses come forward because they're not here. He says, either let these men be here to state what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the Sanhedrin or about this one statement I cried out while standing among them. Today I'm being judged before you concerning the resurrection of the dead. And that's the heart of it. Why is Paul on trial? Paul is on trial because of his belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is standing on trial because he is an advocate of the message of the resurrection. You see, before when Paul was on their side and when Paul was adamantly refuting and, 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 and casting 
uh, hatred and, and all this stuff against the church. They loved him. But now that he preaches the gospel and now that he says Jesus has indeed resurrected from the dead and, and the same resurrection you preach has been fulfilled in Christ and there is coming a day where there will be a future resurrection where we'll be gloriously joined to him but he's the first fruit among the brothers and he's living today. Now there's an issue. And what I'm going to say to you right now is this, that across our world today, they still are doing all they can to disprove the resurrection. The, the enemy doesn't care what you believe as long as you don't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the message that infuriates our enemy because he thought that he had truly stifled the plan of God. But God is so wise and God is so great and God is so omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent that he already had it all planned in the beginning that my son will be crucified by lawless men, but he will be raised in power. And he will sit down in authority at the right hand of the Father in heaven where he will reign supreme and he will reconcile all men to himself through the message of the cross and the resurrection. And this is the message the enemy despises. And this is the message that Paul says, I'm standing on trial because of, and I'm saying this to you today. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, rest assured, there's coming a day where you will stand in defense of the resurrection. And they will want to know the hope that's in you. And the hope you have is in a living Savior. Never back off of the resurrection. They don't hate you today because you go to church. They don't hate you today because you sing Christian music. They don't hate you today uh, because, you know, you, you do this or that. The world despises you today because you cling to the resurrection. And that is what provokes our enemy. And so stand on the resurrection. Never back off of it. Never let up on it.